The people who have acquired the links are the winners. How many more times are we going to put injured question mark on a billboard? You're never, ever going to stand out or be different or be memorable. I can't believe legal services consumers would do a search and without clicking through to the firm's website, make a phone call and hire a lawyer. And guess what? As we know, they do all the time. It's wild. Welcome to Personal Injury Mastermind. I'm your host, Chris Dreyer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io, the elite legal marketing agency. Each week, you get insights and wisdom from some of the best in the industry. On these special Toolkit Tuesdays, we dive deep into conversations with the leading vendors in the legal sphere, the masterminds behind the technologies, services, and strategies that help law firms not just survive, but thrive in today's competitive landscape. Now, this isn't about selling you the latest software or getting kickbacks from affiliate links. It's about bringing you the best so you can be the best for your firm, for your staff, for your clients, and for you. This is Toolkit Tuesday on PIM, your weekly guide to staying sharp in the legal world. Let's go. On the surface, the logic is simple. To grow, you need leads. To get leads, you need an integrated marketing strategy. But understanding how the marketing flywheel is powered can get pretty complicated. Guy Sakalakis, president of Attorney Sync, offers a manual on best practices for omnichannel marketing. Whether you're a high-volume pre-litigation firm or a selective litigator, his insights will help your firm dominate the competition. Today, he emphasizes locally relevant links over general domain authority, why social media can be leveraged for brand building, why traditional media is still relevant, and why your budget should inform your tactics, not the other way around. Here's Guy, president of Attorney Sync. My mom's so proud of me because I get to wear the two worst titles of all time, personal injury attorney, ambulance chaser, and uh, SEO spammer. So um, she's super proud. <laughs> I actually started out as a computer science major. My sophomore year of undergrad, Java was brand new. It was like the, the new programming language. And it was dark room, pro coding all day. And so I was like, I'm not going to do this. Halfway through undergrad, I'm like, I'm not doing computer science anymore. And so I went to the lucrative major of philosophy, which I don't regret because I loved my philosophy degree, naturally, because philosophers were not in high demand at the time. Uh, I went to law school and um, I was kind of, I think I was probably a little bit enamored by law and order. When I actually started practicing, I was like, this is not what's like on TV. But I loved being in court. I worked at a small uh, plaintiff's firm in Southeast Michigan. You know, not, not very brief career. My uh, business partner, uh, who's a friend of mine from undergrad, he was actually doing lead generation uh, at a different company for at-home services. And we said, hey, we think we can uh, maybe do something this for lawyers. And so that was really the genesis of the company. But the thing was, so this is back 2007, 2008. And um, we were doing like the total attorneys thing. It was like pay per lead, but like it wasn't clear that lawyers could even do pay per lead. They got a grievance filed against them in all 50 states by one of their customers, yada, yada, yada. So we're like, we can't fight this fight. We're tiny and don't have any money and are losing money. And so we just pivoted to do the agency thing. But the real impetus for starting it was really like lawyers were like, people aren't going to use the internet to hire lawyers. And I was like, this cannot be right. And so, um, so you saw the blue ocean. Yeah. I, 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 you know, it's funny. We say that. And it was like, this is still like 2008. You'd think by 2008, it wasn't that blue, but it, gosh, it really was. So uh, we, I got lucky yeah. that I stumbled into it. It is certainly a bloodbath now, but right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's amazing that you saw the opportunity. So that was a, Attorney Sync was born. You are at the top of Bloom's taxonomy for for not only SEO, but I would say digital marketing in the legal space. And just what are 
best practices? What what has impact? How are attorneys generating leads? That's the name of the game, right? So let's start with SEO. What's it look like today with the future and like those impact items? What do you really see that's generating results? I'm still a big links guy. Out of the three buckets to me, you know, and I'll, you might bucket them differently. So you tell me how you think about it too. But um, I think about links. I think about technical stuff you can do to the website. And then I think about content. You can go to any competitive search engine result page. There are no sites that are showing up there with zero links, period. Now, can you find out, can you find some random low volume query that no one's ever searched for before and, and get a site to rank with no links? Sure. But you know, you're talking about lower funnel head terms, like no chance. The other side of that coin on SEO, though, as you know, is you know, if you're not if you're starting out brand new and you're not gonna compete, go super local and go with the longer tail stuff. You know, think about those questions that people are asking that are relevant and um, you know, on a local level, because you know, and this is every personal injury lawyer you ask them, like, who do you serve? Well, anybody who's hurt in the state. Oh, really? You know, you know, oh, if it's a good enough case, I'll drive, you know, all the way to Northern California from Southern California and take the case. But, you know, from an SEO standpoint, as we know, the results are super hyper localized. I mean, local map packs, good luck trying to rank, you know, outside of a few miles from your office location, right? It's becoming more centralized where I use this example a lot. Our audience is probably sick of hearing about it. But if you go on vacation, you type best restaurants near me, you expect to see in your proximity. You don't expect to see a restaurant 20 miles away. Why would you think differently about your law firm? Your proximity is a factor. So I agree with that. The other thing, too, is I got to be honest, I'm, I'm on the links camp side with you, too. Those endorsements, those, those votes, that's how they differentiated. That's how they categorized the web. It wasn't from user behavior. Yeah, maybe it's advanced and, and maybe you do split test results and uh, for engagement and, and click-through rates, but there's still a lot of strength in that that foundation for the links. It's the thing that I, I would ask you too is like, it's not like your competitor can't see your content. So <laughs> it's just this hamster wheel scenario. Oh, he's got two images. Oh, you know what? We should probably put four and a video. See that in the H2? We need to do that geotag. And it's like, you get in this scenario, it's like, what are we doing here? How much better can you make a piece of content when it's, you know, on car accident lawyer, St. Louis car accident lawyer? No, and that's, a, I always think about it from Google's perspective too. It's like, if Google's like, try, they've got all this data, they've got all this noise that's going on on the web. Links is the thing that that's a gatekeeper, you know, and, you know, we can talk about how even links are manipulated and people are, you know, uh, buying links and yada, yada, yada. But it's still the gatekeeper, right? I, I think Google would love to be able to, you know, they talk about um, entities and their uh, knowledge graph and all this stuff. They would love to know everything about the world as it is and be able to, you know, Star Trek computers spit back an answer for almost everything. They're trying to get there, but they're not there. Every every site that we pop the hood on, every time someone comes into us and we're like, you know, let's get a look at the competitive landscape. The the link, the people who have acquired the links are the winners um, for the most part. And, you know, as you know, it's now not all links are created equally. So it's not, you know, I say this, people are like, well, I've got less links and I'm ranking for stuff. And it's like, sure. But, you know, it's the quality of the links and the relevance. And and for local, you know, uh, the thing that I've always been banging the drum on is Forget about page authority and domain authority and all this stuff. Go for those local relevant links. So, you know, I was thinking about this too from Google's standpoint. 
Google will tell you what the most relevant sites it thinks are for any given query. You want to know where they are? They're in the search results, right? Just do a search. That's what Google thinks are the best results. The problem is, of course, all your competitors are showing up for those queries and they're not going to link to you. Um, so, but, but as a starting point from a, as a framework, that's the place to start. F- find those sites that are topically relevant to you, that are locally relevant to you, and go find opportunities to get in front of people that will actually link to you. That's the way I think about it. Yeah, on the link side, and, and again, you running an SEO agency, a digital marketing agency, you know, that's, that's one of the most challenging things to do is link building in the legal vertical. It's hard. So a lot of times we get these prospects that aren't ranking. And the first thing you do is like, oh, you haven't built any links for seven months. Like, no wonder you're stagnant. Gee, I did a competitive analysis for Los Angeles today. The top three sites all had the most referring domains. Right. It is what it is, right? Pretty simple. It's pretty simple. (laughs) You're you're endorsing the content. So I look at local a little different. Obviously, you know, you got, you know, uh, relevance, distance, prominence, right? And all those factors. How do you look at it from like the actual brick and mortar? You know, some some individuals get a shared office suite or a Regis or a WeWork or God knows what to get the approved rating. But I got to imagine that when a consumer looks at it and doesn't do that request for directions, maybe that's a signal that they don't think it's reputable or a real, real brick and mortar. Like, wh- where do you think the engagement metrics come into play in terms of on the local level? Oh, I think engagement's huge. And you've said something else in there that I think people forget that's so, so important. You can rank all day in the local pack, number one spot. And if the number two spot has better reviews, you know, higher sentiment, more of them, they're closer, they've, um, you know, maybe they've got some video testimonials in their Google business profile, you still got to convert. They still got to convert them into a call. Uh, or to get them to click through. When local really started and they started showing the map pack, I was like, I can't believe legal services consumers would do a search and without clicking through to the firm's website, make a phone call and hire a lawyer. And guess what? As we know, they do all the time. It's wild. So it's another thing to keep in mind. You know, I was lawyers spent all this money on building these fancy websites. And I always loved when they used to have the little guy that would walk out and talk to you at the bottom of the website. I was like, God, that's expensive stuff. And you know, a lot of your uh, target audience—they're not even clicking through. They're making—they're making that decision to call right from the local pack there. And so that's another thing I think is important for folks to keep in mind, which is why it's so important also to track, right? Track those phone calls from your Google Business profile. The consumer definitely has become more educated, but I would say that that it still occurs, right? Back in the day, there wasn't there wasn't all these social networks, and and that's where they went to make the decision. Obviously, SEO, ton of value, right? Some of the best case acquisition costs. Where do you see LSA, probably the most frustrating spot on Google search results? Uh, I mean, if you miss a call, you're just, you're toast for a while. Um, so where, where do you see LSA fitting in? Yeah, I love LSA, right? High intent, tons of real estate. The profile, the ad units have the little Google uh, screened endorsement. They've got, uh, your hours operation. Hours is a huge one too. Uh, you know, if your competitors are answering the phone 24 hours and you're answering them nine to five, guess what? A lot of your potential clients, like they're not calling you nine to five. So, and the other thing that LSA has had, it's got the the reviews in there. And so, you know, as you mentioned though, the challenge is you can't pull any levers on budget. So if you, if you're not, in, if you're not answering those calls, if you're not marking them in the platform as booked, if you're not working the system, 
they're not Google's not going to spend because Google wants to show the ones that are you know giving a quote unquote great experience to the people who are engaged with the ads. We've done some things to try to play around with that, but I think to your point, a lot of it just come down to the engagement with the platform, adjusting stuff, right? Adjusting budgets, adjusting practice areas, adjusting locations even. Gosh, if you can get those LSAs to spend, they're great. I was just looking at a um, a CRM today of a client and LSAs were the, except for referrals, they were the highest conversion rates of all of the channels that they were tracking. And so, um, you know, it's high intent with reviews. It's like, you know, it's like local pack on steroids. There are PI attorneys out there killing it on LSA or local services ads. If you're in that sandbox and you can't get out of it, think about broadening your categories, go wider and work that platform. But LSAs aren't the only way to go. Paid ads can help with brand recognition. There are different types of paid ads, search ads, display ads, social media ads, banner ads. They all work the same basic way. The advertiser pays the website or app to show their ad and hopes it will lead to more business. The website makes money by selling ad space. Now, the cost per click on paid ads can be incredibly expensive because they're bid on real-time auctions. The good news is you can bid on incredibly relevant slots for your target demographic. The bad news is so can all your competitors. Lower funnel local search terms like car accident lawyer St. Louis can cost hundreds of dollars per click. So what's the smart way to think about spending it in the ad space? He gives us some solid advice for every budget. Now, if you're going to do something on paid, I would spend money trying to build brand. I think direct response, personal injury, if you don't have budget, Search ads, like good luck. Now, branded social campaigns, Google display, you know, very targeted Google display network. If you got an ad that can show up as you're like a, you know, make something up, but like you're a, a top lawyer in your area and you've got all the accolades, you're like super lawyer, 0.1%, best lawyer, everybody loves you. Uh, you've got a decent amount of reviews. You know, you put that on the digital uh, news site in your area, you know, Chicago Tribune, or if you're in a local market that's got even a more, much more local, you know, digital newspaper, go spend some money there because, you know, you can get eyeballs on, you start building your brand and, and it's cheaper to build brand that way than it is, say, on TV. That's just an idea for paid. But gosh, you know, you can go after long tail, but guess what happens? I mean, we, we see it all the time. Like, you try to bid on these crazy long tail queries and you end and Google's getting away from the match types anyway. And so they end up serving the ads to the people with budget anyway, because they don't they want to get that inventory in front of the people who are spending. They're not gonna you're not gonna go do an exact match long tail query on paid. They're just not gonna show your ads. Yeah, I, I see that the same. And and some of those individuals with the high economies of scale, the high, the high bids, you know, their query is gonna be encompassed in that long tail. So you're getting getting hit now obviously if you're doing you know exact match and things like that it wouldn't occur but it still may drive up the price i will say you know from what i've seen definitely agree with the brand i i don't think many people are utilizing display how it's intended to be kind of like snipering it versus just letting them put it on gaming sites and right. and and going down that right route which is or mobile apps which is just great way to burn money yeah yeah <laughs> the thing that i see you know those mid and I'd say in the PI space, just just being candid, you know, you're below 20k. I mean, it's you're not in the in the big budget range to to bid for those high intent phrases. Performance max, I've seen work sometimes, and what I've noticed, and I'd like to hear from you is if there's some big brand players, big TV guys, big billboard guys, the first thing that P Max is doing is it's going out and bidding on their name, and they don't 
even if you're not bidding on enter their keyword, right? Pmax selects, it's, it's bidding on their name. And before you know it, you're getting that Morgan & Morgan cease and desist that pretty much every person that's done ads in Florida has received, which, hey, if I'm Morgan & Morgan, I would do it too. But um, right. well, what and do you think there? Yeah, well, that is what you're saying is exactly right. And it's even worse because it's not just limited to PMAX. So even with what happens is this, the machine thinks that John Morgan is synonymous with personal injury lawyer. And so if you bid on personal injury lawyer, the machine will show your ads for searches on John Morgan. It's, you know, it's happened to us a bunch of times where we're like, we're not bidding on your name. You can, here's our keyword list. Go look at it. We're not bidding on your name. So you can take your cease and desist lever and put it wherever you want. And so then, so then you'll say, well, what are you supposed to do? And, you know, I've, there are agencies now that are, they're, they're scraping directories and they're negativing every lawyer name that they can find. Now, that's a good idea, actually. Uh, it doesn't scale great, but that will help. But even if you do that, because of the way the machine works, like the you know, close variance, if, if, if the machine thinks that your name is a close variant to a uh, category term, like it's going to show the ad. Yep. So huge problem. Yeah, and we, we've seen that for sure. Exact same scenario. And, and you know, Dan Newland in Orlando is a really big advertiser. And his name is kind of synonymous with PI. And, and I'm speaking just just giving uh, Florida examples. There's examples all over the country that I could give as well. To be successful on Google Ads, it, it is an economies of scale thing. It's a, it's a big budget because then you can get the lower CPAs on the bigger the territory that you bid on. Instead of doing a radius targeting where... Of course, everybody's doing radius targeting where you bid a little bit bigger, you know, um, counties or state or even nation. Totally. So social media, organic social. Where where do you see this play as a strategy and and just your overall thoughts on it for, for personal injury attorneys? Who have you seen that's done it well? Maybe some examples for our audience and and uh, your just thoughts on social. Specifically organic social. I don't know if you've uh, you follow law by Mike at all, but. Oh, yeah. You want if you're if you ask me an example of somebody who's quote unquote crushing it on social, you know he is. You know, he's got uh, attorney Tom. You know they, they've got the following, the reach. They've found a way to uh, get that reach and uh, you know really really effective for for brand building, right? If you go watch these folks, you know and look, they're mixing the content up. Some of it it might be more uh, practice relevant. Law by Mike, he does legal stuff, but as a direct response play. I don't have access to any other data, but my hunch would be very, very small percentage of it is direct response marketing stuff. You know, I, I watched a Law by Mike video right after I was in a car accident. I'm sitting in a hospital and I'm calling Law by Mike. Instead, though, they're like, oh, yeah, who's that guy on TikTok that I watch all the time? Oh, yeah, Mike. And I think that that's extremely effective. It's a very, very affordable way to, you know, build brand and g gain affinity audience. You know, I think it's really it's super, super effective where there's an overlap between the content you're doing and like a local play. Because, you know, if you're covering local mm -hmm. sports and John Morgan's been great at this, even outside of social, right? He did the whole Tebow in Florida, bring Tebow to Florida thing, got national attention for it. Same type of idea, but that's brand, right? That's all about, it's not direct response. And so, you see a lot of these lawyers that try to do the direct response thing, you know, the 10 millionth video about what to do after a car accident, you know, and think about think about if you're trying to actually get a following that's going to consume this stuff. If, if video after video is 
10 things to know after a car accident, 10 things to know after your doctor screws up your surgery, 10 things to know about this latest mass tort thing. People are just going to block you. No one wants to follow that stuff on a daily basis. Now you mix it in once in a while, sure. But so organic social for brand is great. And here's the other, here's the caveat. Even if you get the reach, even if you get the awareness, you get the 10,000 followers and you know perhaps a lot of um, legal services consumers who don't know any lawyers and they follow you and they're going to make their decision by the, their, their TikTok lawyer. A lot of people, even people that are engaging with your content and liking it, they're not going to hire you for your case because you dance on TikTok. Like, did you do something that de- that that persuaded them that you're the person that's going to maximize the value and take care of them through their litigation? Not necessarily from your dancing on TikTok. Now, again, there are lawyers that do it and they do it effectively. And I'm sure that they can uh, hashtag, uh, you know, the show and say, hey, Guy's totally wrong. We do all direct response on organic social. I'm sure that's going to happen. Uh, but for the most part, you're talking about uh, efficiency of time and dollars spent, I would focus on brand there, not direct response. Yeah, I 1000% agree. I think the big thing is it's it's got to be inter- entertaining. You got to have a hook to keep the user engaged. Otherwise, you're not going to get any of those signals to show up in the feed. We know that the monetization strategy for social media is first you get enough content and then you make it pay to play unless you have those engagement signals. You know, the thing that I see a lot on social is, you know, we're, we're talking about different marketing. We're talking about owned. We're talking about paid or earned, right? So owned, like you might get some followers. Like it, it, it may be really challenging if you're not, you know, making something entertaining. You could do paid. You could blast it out, you know, and it, it's that's an, that's an avenue. You could do some retargeting. But where I see most fail is the earned. You're not getting the retweets or the, the re-Xs or whatever it's called. <laughs> what now. is it now? The uh, <laughs> right, right, the uh, reshares and and things without that, and that's that that's the real viral component missing for most. Yeah, no, I totally agree, and and you, it actually made me think of something else. But every time we talk to personal lawyers, I'm like, what are you doing to stay in touch with your former clients? Nothing. Why would I stay in touch with my former clients? And so, uh, in this context of this conversation. Custom audiences, right? Like if you don't want to go just blast everybody, at least show some ads to people that already know, like, and trust you because, you know, presumably you did a great job and helped them recover because that's the thing people forget. Even for referrals, the same thing. Oh yeah, they, they're they going to refer me regardless of whether I nurture the relationship. I'm like, no, they're not. I can't tell you how many times I've talked to personal injury lawyers and they'll be like, so-and-so totally forgot what I did. And I'm like, I know, because you've done nothing to nurture that relationship. It's, you know, you're not advertising. You're not sending out nurturing emails. You don't take people out to dinner. So why do you think that people sit around and just remember your name and your firm name and are just waiting to send you a referral? Oh, no, they already know me. They're going to refer to me anyway. I'm like, no, they're not. They're going, they're going, they've, they've just met five other personal injury lawyers last week. Digital marketing is a critical component to the success of most firms. But where does traditional media like TV, radio, and billboards fit in? He breaks down traditional media and prioritization of budget. You've got a huge budget. You know, you're an established firm or, you know, you're trying to take more share of voice in an area. You know, for personal injury, like, yeah, you, you need to have that offline presence. I even th- We even still talk about billboards. Now, I think the, the lawyers I love, are the ones that are doing 
uh, direct response billboards with no vanity phone number, right? Like, you know, because you think about Glenn Lerner, 222-2222, everybody knows that. Great. So you put that on a billboard. People are driving down the street. You're hitting them over the head with 222-2222 every single day. Great. But I love these guys that are doing the, they just have a local phone number. Like you think people are driving in their car and they're like, oh, I'm driving past the billboard. I'm going to call you. Or like, they're just, they got in an accident. So the only person that your addressable market is, is the person who got in an accident where they can see your billboard. But and it, and they, they have a place, right? Radios, people are still listening to the radio. And and I think the, you know, it's the same in a lot of these more, tra- if you talk about traditional, the good news is, is that lawyers are like, you know, they're going to, everybody's going to be so mad at me, but I guess I can say this because I'm a former lawyer. I still am a lawyer, but I'm not practicing anymore. You know, they're lemmings, right? So they all rush over to SEO, right? Oh, we got to go spend money on SEO. Well, guess what? The good news is, is that those traditional channels, they start working better because they get less competitive. You know, the radio channels are like dying to have advertisers. And so their rates come down. Uh, TV, same thing. There's all sorts of uh, creative ways you can buy TV to bring your costs down uh, because, you know, in certain markets, you know, there's not as much competition. But, you know, the thing is about all this stuff is you got to know who your people are. You got to know your local community, right? Because people will say that it's like, you don't advertise a personal injury firm in Chicago the same way as you do in the middle of nowhere in pick your middle of nowhere, right? You got to know how people are consuming media. You got to know what they're interested in. And you got to find those those overlaps where it's like, you know, if you if you care deeply about your local sports teams, you better be, that's a great audience to tap into. Be there, be on all of the the local podcasts that are talking about the um, local sports teams, or if you're into food, do the food thing. But whatever it's going to be, you got to know that community. You know, the the event stuff, like the local events, getting your name out there. And again, not direct response. You're not trying to put your local phone number up on a booth at your you know state fair, but getting out there, giving stuff away for free, getting people to, to uh, you know, maybe you're giving away some kind of safety checklist. Um, I know firms that have done the... Um, They'll become a registered car children safety seat installation uh, facility. So people are coming to the firm not to get to hire the lawyer, but just to install their car seats effectively. But guess what? Now they're seeing your firm. They're meeting you. They're getting to know you. Maybe you get them on some safety tips list. That kind of stuff works really, really well. Guess what else? It's awesome for links because then all these sites, these safety education sites are blinking back to you being like, hey, you're a certified you know, safety center. That, to kind of stop my rant here, it all overlaps, right? It all works together in harmony. And so, you know, the, the idea that you're just going to pick this one thing, this one channel, this one tactic, and it's going to be some kind of magic bullet, like whether it's SEO or paid or whatever, it's the wrong way to do it. I think there is the compounding, the one plus one equals three. You know, I think if you're going to run a radio campaign, it, it you know, having billboards, so they're listening, they, see, they hear you on the radio, then they see you on the side of the road. And I, I think where there's a lot of missed opportunity is with that authenticity that you're referring to is how many more times are we going to put injured question mark on a billboard? You're never, ever going to stand out or be different or be memorable versus, and I love this example, looking, you think of Jim Adler, an older gentleman charging at a semi truck with a sledgehammer, you know, yelling at it. Like if I'm seeing injured daytime television person, have you been hurt? And and then I see this this gentleman charging at a truck, and yeah, we we can make fun and of this style, but guess what? You might watch it, you might 
tell someone and get that earned media. So I, I think there's just so many strategies on all of this. No, and I, I love that example too. And the, and this is again, back to the lemmings thing, you know, people see that and try to recreate it and copy it. Right. And it doesn't work as well. And they're like, well, why didn't it work for me? And it did the same thing. And like, that's the problem, right? It's not you that Jim's had that position for a long time. Everybody knows his name. And so that's a, you're not going to do that. So, so, so to your point, go find whatever it is. Go find your hammer, <laughs> whatever it's going to be, that's unique to you, that you can actually gravitate to, that you feel great about too. That's the other thing too. Is like lawyers are. You, know, you mentioned the authenticity thing. You know, they try to do stuff that's not them. You know, they're like someone like us tells them like, oh, you got to be on TikTok and you got to do the dances and stuff, and then you they do it, and you're like, gosh, that's so cringy. Please stop doing it. Now, sometimes that cringiness, maybe it goes viral because people are like, that's the cringiest lawyer dance I've ever seen in my life. But the point is, is that you've got to do the stuff that you are passionate about. That's really your authentic self. The other thing, too, that lawyers, we always run into this all the time is like, you know, well, I don't want to share my personal stuff, right? I don't want to share who I am online. I'm like, well, great. You're going to look like just like every other lawyer that doesn't want to share their personal stuff, don't waste your time with it then, right? If you're not willing to do that, if you're not willing to be a little vulnerable, if you're not willing to uh, you know, let a little bit of your, your human uh, side show there, don't waste your time with it. Go do other stuff because you just these lawyers, that uh, this is the one I love, the stock imagery. Like they, they feel like, oh, we've got to have something up for 4th of July. And so we, you see these firms that hire these agencies to just post organic social stuff, the same American flag image, with the same post caption at 12 different firms. You go and look and they're all using the same agency. And I'm like, you're, you know, maybe you feel good that you've got something that's filling up some server space and getting in people's feeds. This is the stuff. You're, there's no engagement with it. People are flying by it. You know, a lot of people are just going to like hide it. They're not going to go like your content. And I, and I get it because, you know, we're talking about stuff that takes significant investment. And so if you're like, I got, I, you know, my budget's 500 bucks. And all I can afford is the stock photography automatic feed thing. Is that better than nothing? We could we could argue about it, but you could probably find five hundred a way to spend five hundred bucks better than that. Yeah, yeah, handwritten letter maybe. Right, it's an expensive letter, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you mentioned budget. The thing that's not talked about enough is capitalization. Right. right. So when people are talking about investing in the marketing, what's your thoughts on budget? Like. What percentage should they invest? How should they invest? Like, what's your thoughts on overall this kind of topic here? See, you're already at way so far ahead of the power curve here because you're already starting to think about things like, hey, what if our marketing budget is reflected as a percentage of like our total revenue or something? And, you know, we have these conversations with lawyers every day and we'll you know, ask those questions. What's your marketing budget? Marketing budget? They don't have a marketing budget. You know, so that right there, you know, the stuff that we're talking about, like, yeah, you can't dabble in it like that. And so to answer you directly, though, you're either thinking of it as a percentage of total fees or you're thinking about it as a percentage of profit, in my in my view. And, um, you know, for total fees, depending on where you are in your growth trajectory, you know, I think the, I always use the I always think I always use the number 12 percent because it's like it, it hedges between I think the floor that the Small Business Association uses is like six percent of revenue. But, you know, if you're if you're in a competitive place and you've and you've already grown and you're trying to get those incremental share of voice, you're probably in the 20, 30 percent marketing budget. So I, I think 12 is like the magic number I always bring up. But the point is, is that it, that should instruct that budget should instruct your strategy, not vice versa. You know, people will say, oh, I want to I want Google ads. 
you want Google ads and your total firm revenue last year is $100,000 and your uh, marketing budget is $10,000 for the year, like don't go waste your money on Google ads, go find something else to do. From what I see, it also it also depends on the type of firm, right? And, and, and I think you'd agree with this, right? If you're, you've got kind of these extremes, right? You've got the pre-lit firm that's staffing up a lot of uh, paralegals and non-attorneys, right? A lot of bodies, a lot of headcount, you know, and, and they're, they've got cash flow, so they can deploy the cash flow and they're probably looking, you know, they might try to shoot for 20%. Then you've got the litigating firm who maybe they don't invest much at all. And, and, and most of these individuals are very anti the billboard guys anyways, right? Mm -hmm. And they're getting a lot of their fees through the referral. But guess what? They're still paying the marketing budget, right? Because they're paying the referral person's marketing budget. That a, that a third, guys? That's a marketing budget. Absolutely. Right? So you need to factor that in. I love that you said that. Right? So that's that's the thing that's not talked about. Mm -hmm. But you're originating. That's how you're getting the case is, is through that. So it's, you're still paying the marketing budget, but you're paying theirs. Well, think about this. I'm going to even do even one worse. You're paying the referral fee. And then guess what else you're doing? You're paying for all the travel you did to nurture those referral relationships. You're paying for all those steak dinners that you're taking all those people out to. You're paying for all the stuff you're doing to stay top of mind with that referral partner. So put that in your marketing budget too. Um, and so, yeah. you know, your, your yeah. cost for acquisition, it's a, oh no, we're just, a ref we just do all referrals. Oh, so you're, oh, so our marketing's free. No, it isn't. And then not to, you know, then we haven't even talked about the time, right? The time that you sat on the plane to go to the networking thing or the time that you spent to go uh, to the baseball game to network with your uh, referral partner. Like you gotta, that, your time has value too. It's not infinite. You know, and those fees too. I mean, you look all over the country, you look at California, you know, it used to be maybe a third or and then it's 40 percent. That's 50 percent. It's and it just keeps going up. So those the the cost to acquire that lead, you know, you're still paying it, right? You're still paying it no matter what you say. You know, hey, we don't need to advertise. You are. You are. You're doing their advertising. So and then you got the the middle, this new type of firm that's been created due to technology. Right, due to Zoom, due to Slack, due to connection. So you've got the referral firm, who the only thing they do is biz dev, and they have no delivery costs. So they're doing biz dev and sales, and you know, in that scenario, you know, at least what I'm seeing, I'm seeing they could go upwards to thirty to forty percent or more, just because they don't have to pay the heavy price on the attorneys and and those uh, those costs. Uh, you know, any any thoughts on that? It kind of goes back to the this idea of like, what do you love to do, right? Do you love being a trial lawyer? Like you want to be in court, you want to try cases, you know, that, sh that should inform your strategy. You know, on the other hand, you're like, I don't care. I just happened to, you know, I went to law school and happened to fall in this position. I'm just, I'm a CEO lawyer and I just want to run my business or you know, I don't want to practice law. And, and frankly, I don't want to do marketing either, right? That takes you in a different direction. And then you've got the people you're talking about where it's like, I don't like practicing law. I don't like running a business, but gosh, I love dancing on TikTok. And so then you've got those, you know, quote unquote, influencer lawyers that are just, you know, they're doing the referral thing. Right. And so, you know, look, I'm, I'm like teach their own. You do whatever you it is you like. I think the the thing that's tricky for folks is you see somebody else having success with something. And then you're like, I want to be that person. I aspire to be them. And it's just not who you are. And so 
it doesn't work the same way. And then you get frustrated. You know, I, you know, these, a lot of these lawyers go to, and, and I, I'm a huge fan of coaching. So I'll just say that right away. Cause I know I'm going to say this and people are going to jump all over me, but there's a difference between learning from a coach, learning from another lawyer who's got experience, who's built a firm and trying to be that lawyer, right? Trying to copy their marketing strategy, trying to mm. do what they're doing. Um, and they get frustrated. It doesn't work. And like, why doesn't it work? Right. We talk about it in SEO. It's like, you know, I want to be, I want to dominate like so-and-so dominates an SEO. And I'm like, are you capitalized to do that? You know, are you willing to do the things that it takes to make that happen? It's so important that there's alignment on those things because then, you know, if you don't define success for yourself and you're not, you know, you don't love what you're doing, eventually you're going to stop doing it. It's not going to work. It's not going to be as effective as it could be. If you find the things that you love and you're really in the right spot. Well, I think that's a, that's a great piece of advice uh, to everyone listening at the end here. You know, Guy, this has been amazing just talking about all the marketing strategies, capitalization, just, just our wheelhouse. For those listening, how can they connect with you? Well, you can search my very unique name and something about me will come up, but um, you can also go to attorneysync, attorneysync.com. I waste a lot of time dancing on uh, X, I guess. I don't really dance on X, but you can find me on X <laughs> and uh, LinkedIn, I would say, are probably the two best places to connect with me. And Chris, thank you so much for having me. You know, folks that listen to you already know this, but you know, I have tons of respect for you. Um, so grateful to be here. And uh, one of the few people that I would, if I was running a law firm, that I would take my business to. So um, just, uh, again, thanks so much for having me. Thanks so much for Guy for sharing his insights. Let's go over those takeaways. Competitors can see your website. They can even copy your content, but can they get the links that you've acquired? Focus on acquiring local relevant links rather than just focusing on overall domain authority. A handful of quality links from reputable sites in your geographic area can be more valuable than hundreds of random links. If you want to take deep dive into link building, check out the interview with Rankings Link Building Queen, Kat Taylor. It's linked in the show notes below. But for now, think about links from Google's perspective. They've got all this noise that's going on on the web. Links is the thing that's a gatekeeper. I think Google would love to be able to know everything about the world as it is and be able to spit back an answer for almost everything. They're trying to get there, but they're not there. Every site that we pop the hood on, every time someone comes into us and we're like, you know, let's get a look at the competitive landscape. The people who have acquired the links are the winners. With the right budget, traditional media is a critical component of the brand recognition flywheel. But to do it right, you need to understand who your people are. You don't advertise a personal injury firm in Chicago the same way as you do in the middle of nowhere in pick your middle of nowhere. You got to know how people are consuming media. You got to know what they're interested in. And you got to find those those overlaps. If you care deeply about your local sports teams, that's a great audience to tap into. Like I said in the beginning, there's no magic bullet or quick fix that will guarantee all the leads you want. Go where you are interested in and where your budget will allow. Think of your marketing budget as a percentage of your fees or profit. Understanding budget allocation and where the overlapping channels complement each other is where you'll find the most success. Whatever strategy you draw up, just make sure it's aligned with what you want for your firm. What do you love to do? Do you love being a trial lawyer? Like you want to be in court, you want to try cases, you know, that, sh that should inform your strategy. All right, everybody, I hope we added a few more tools to your kit. For more about Guy and Attorney Sync, head on over to the show notes. While you're there, leave me a five-star review. I'll be forever grateful. Thanks for listening to Personal Injury Mastermind with me, Chris Stryer, founder and CEO of Rankings.io. Catch you next time. I'm out.